I don't really have an introduction for this outside of saying welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. And we are here once again with my mother. You can say hello to folks if you'd like. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. That's right. Your episode was one of the greats. That's awesome to hear. People enjoyed it. We had uh, They've been dreaming about another one. Yeah. (laughs) They've been like, just give me a dream. I want to send it in. No, but we do actually, we're ending the episode today with a dream from one of our listeners that involves some Sasquatch, which is, I was like, that's the perfect dream to go with this, not only this show, but this episode in particular. So, uh, great tie in for sure. We also have another dream from one of our listeners that I work with. Oh yeah. I was like, doing? I was like, I thought I went through all the emails, but yeah. So outside of that, there's no intro outside of saying hello and welcome back and we'll see you on the inside. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. On the inside, you can find us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod, wherever you are doing your thing. Subscribe on YouTube at Freaky Deaky Pod. Pretty much everything is at Freaky Deaky Pod, unless it's TikTok, and that's at TFT Paranormal. Send in your stories to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. Be a part of one of our listener story episodes. Those are always a treat, and there's nothing better than a freaky listener story from a Freaky Deaky listener. Who's breathing into the microphone? <laughs> okay, which one? I'm hearing, I'm hearing. It sounds very like there's a monster behind me, and it's giving it me might, the willies. It, it could have been me because I was just really fascinated yeah, by your conversation. You. And it could have been me because I wasn't thinking about my breathing until you <laughs> well, talked about it. Now I'll hold my breath for the rest of the episode. There's only one thing for certain: <laughs> it was not me because I was in the middle of a sentence. But creepy, nonetheless. Perfect for the show, I guess. Anyway, outside of all of that, there's no introduction this people are aware if you haven't heard the first part i don't remember which episode it was but it's back there somewhere and it's called dreams so it's pretty easy to to find i guess we should just get into this you know if if people want more information about the you know the guest aka my mother she gave all that out on the first one so now you got to go back find that listen to all that stuff and then hop back here or if you just want to be like hey just get to the dreams and i'll be like okay i would do that too this first one is actually titled canadian nightmare a and it's by sturberg's Best name ever. Oh, it's poppin'. Forgot to push one of those earlier, so I had to, you know, catch up. Sturberks says, I was in Detroit for a hockey thing. Ooh. Um, nice. I was going to push the ooh button, but it's already on the back somewhere. I don't want to sift through. Says, I'm a big hockey fan. Might have been the draft. And I met a Montreal fan. Sorry for your loss. I went back to his house with him, and I remember laying in his bed looking at his wall of Montreal fan memorabilia. 
In my dream, I went outside with his younger sister to play on the riverbank behind their house. I watched while she played in the sand. While walking back up to the house, I noticed a building that looked like an old classroom. I went in and it was rotting and dark and musty. I ran into a demon who was trying to kill me and curse me. For the rest of my dream, I was in the boy's house, looking out his front room window and every time I glanced over, I would see the demon doing something. One time I saw it take the form of a girl with long hair banging its head on the fence. Another time I could see it hanging from the tree outside the school building. I kept getting flashes and whispers from it projected into my head. I remember trying to call my boyfriend and mom, but all I'd hear was crackling and my call would drop. I still want to cry thinking about it. Also, I only had this dream after I woke up when my boyfriend went to work and fell back asleep. So that's kind of spooky. A little demon action to start things off. Demons and hockey. Two of your specialties, Christian. That is true. Yeah, it is interesting, the, the combination of the two yeah. mixed in. And then in the midst of it, what stood out to me, too, is the, I don't remember how she worded it. Maybe you can bring that up again about the, was it a school the or a classroom? School. Yeah, it was dark and musty and old. I went in and it was rotting and dark and musty. Classic. Classic school, honestly. That was Detroit? I think so. She went to Detroit to a hockey game and then met a Montreal fan. I met one of them last night at work. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it was. He was picking on me about 93. Wow. Wow. So let it go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the person was, I believe, I'm pretty sure I cut it out, but I'm pretty sure the person was Canadian, but they had never left the province where they were at. Okay. So his dream took took place. It takes place outside of Canada, but they were Canadian. So I don't know why they're in Detroit, but I guess it's close enough. You know, the Red Wings. Yeah. Sure. You know. And if and if you live in Ontario, you're right there. Exactly. When I went to Detroit, I went into Canada. Mm. I didn't watch hockey, but you just stood there for a few minutes and turned around. Went to the casino, walked around the town that the casino was in. Of all the things to do in Canada, that is the last thing that would come to my mind. I was in Shania Twain's hometown. Riveting mm. stuff. It wasn't a riveting town, but I did go to a really old graveyard. So, what do you think this demon is trying to communicate? So she went from what surprised me in the dreams, because usually when someone when you read a dream, then you kind of enter it. And so when you're reading it and she said she went to Detroit to a hockey game and met a Montreal fan, but then she went back. Then they were out at the river and the river had sand. And I was thinking I was picturing snowbanks. What were you guys picturing? That's what I was picturing. And then all of a sudden it was sand. I was like, you got to back yeah. this up and do that. So what stood out to me with the dream and it was the school, the, the classroom, the, the dusty old, is that there's an area of her life where she's seeking, it could be paranormal, or maybe she has an interest or just intrigued about the demonic realm mm. and whether it's, you know, is it real, is it not? And then, you know, you picture what kind of a school room a demon would have, and that would be an old, dusty, you know, dark area. And so her dream is revealing to her that that if you, you know, if you seek after these things or that this is really what that realm is about is mm. dark you know it's stinky freaky deaky it's definitely it's that, way yeah. out there yeah and it reminds me kind of of remember your dad's girl i don't know if it was a dream or experience where he was laying on his bed and he just said i mm. wonder if demons are real mm. and he i felt... remember that vastly different i've shared that a couple times i think that's very i, I thought that was an experience i didn't think that was a, a dream 
I think it was an experience. You're right. Uh, I don't think dad would ever admit to that being an experience, but I think like now he's probably like, yeah, it was just a dream or something, but I'm pretty sure. But it kind of, you know, when you, it's like if people say, I wonder if there's a God and they're open to God and they mm -hmm. say, you know, God, if you kind of think, is that the Pascals? I think it's Pascal. It's called something. I'm forgetting what it is, but it's challenge. It's something like that where mm -hmm. you say, is God real? And you um, say, God, you know, I want to know if you're real or not. So reveal yourself to me. And then they'll start to have coincidences, but there's so many that they can't deny it. And mm -hmm. it's the same with the demonic realm. If you're saying, hey, I wonder if this is real, those things will start happening. And you will see that there is a reality mm -hmm. and... Like the dream is showing her. She's experiencing it through a dream of these things are real. You know, it's not something to pursue an education in, so to speak. Yeah. And that, you know, the hockey, that was a good experience. She in, enjoyed going to Detroit, enjoyed. Actually, you know, that kind of parallels with her dream, too, is that she's Canadian going to another country. And you think about the demonic realm, that's another realm, hmm. so to speak. Especially the way people think about our country. Definitely think of about us as demons sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think our reputation has has been tainted. Or enhanced. Wow. <laughs> Isn't no. that nice? Parachute in, Scott. Parachute in. Yeah. So anyway, was there uh, no. Maybe the demon was the Montreal fan. Well, that goes without saying, honestly. But uh, is there any significance you feel about looking out the window? And say, like every time you pretty much glance out the window, you see this thing doing something different. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. What are you sensing about it? It stood out to you, that part. Oh, that's not me. I just, you know, I just noticed it was a detail. So I have no actual information on it, but I do think windows in general. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you think about it. And that can be your vision, what you're focusing in on, hmm. what you're looking at. And it can, you know, you think about the window of your future and the different things that when you look out a window, just what that, what that represents of seeing in the distance it's not your reality right here you're actually looking through hmm. you know and seeing the looking glass literally yeah so to speak but it is it relates to vision hmm. gotcha very nice christian you have anything to add i i like the part where the the demon was was appearing to her through the window in the tree and banging its head against the fence yeah, for changing to a little girl it's a little creepy you think about that saying to window to the soul. Mm. <clears throat> so it can be the window to the soul, whether you're letting in light, so to speak, or darkness. Mm. And so what is she focusing in on? And so in that aspect of the dream, it could be what is she paying attention to while she's awake? Is it is it things that are from the light, so to speak, or mm. from the darkness? So our dreams can be warnings to us, can give us a heads up what to focus on. And what's interesting, too, with dreams is how you feel in them, too. You can, when you're reading the dream, you can see that that's, oh, this is not comfortable. And yeah. every time you look out the window and, and it can also, you know, every time she's looking out the window, if she's seeing this, then she's going to refrain from looking out the window because it's uncomfortable and scary. And so that reveals that aspect of the demonic realm that can shut you down and close you in. Creepy. Yeah. The more you look at dreams, the more they'll unfold and the more, you, more you'll see from them. That is very interesting. Any yeah. part stand out to you, Christian? I, I was wondering if the part where she sees the girl and then the, the banging of the head was maybe her, like her pro kind of projecting herself into that and seeing maybe, maybe just the, her thoughts and stuff. And she's banging her head against the wall over something or is mm -hmm. my boyfriend a demon? No, demons are not real. I just want to point that out. Sure. Aliens are demons. That, that Pro is true. Proved yourself wrong right there. That one right there is true. Wow. Two different things, though. 
Sure. Yeah. So let's get into this next one. This and this episode is going to be kind of weird. Christian has collected some. I collected a couple. And so I'm just going to read these first couple and I'll read the final one we got from a listener. And then I'm just handing it over to Christian and he will do whatever he does over there, which is hopefully read dreams. Hopefully. Uh, this one is called Three Witches and My School Brain. Another and school dream. Hmm. It's a twofer. Yeah. This one, the the school part is very brief and I'll kind of get into that. It's it's from Shy Rose Lady. Two dreams from my childhood that I would have repeatedly. One happened whenever I was about to start the school year. I had this dream every year till I was in the seventh grade. In this dream, my immediate family and I would go over to my uncle's house. I would be led up the lift in his garage, which held a full surgery room. In real life, there was just enough room to slide in some boxes. I was told it was time to put in my school brain. I remember blacking out, then coming to with my head covered in stitches. Sometimes they forgot to put the top of my head back, and I would have to go to school like that, and it freaked me out. The other dream, everything was huge. My parents' half acre was like five miles long. All the houses were scaled up. I was hanging out with my best friend who was working on this giant bicycle helicopter thing. My mom was a news reporter. At the time, she was an editor for a magazine and was doing a bit about an ancient skull that was in my back neighbor's yard. It was supposedly the site where some witches were hung. I had a bad feeling about it, so my friend and I were going to go convince her it was a bad idea. So we managed to get to the next yard, but the program had already started. I tried to pull my mom away, but get yelled at. As I'm looking for something to stop whatever may happen, one of her crew shows up on a bicycle late. He hits the curb in his rush, goes flying, and cracks his head open on the skull in the middle of the lawn. Smoke boils out of the skull and the witches appear. There was a really tall, thin one, a really fat, short one, and one so average you couldn't even remember her face. Everyone runs away screaming. Some of the older kids run into the neighbor's shed around the corner of the house. I go to them because they want to defeat the witches, but they turn me away. So I hide in some bushes. The older kids manage to run over the fat witch with a lawnmower, but it doesn't kill her. It mangles her leg, but outgrows back into two legs. So now she has three legs. I poke my head around the bushes and she catches sight at me. She then does these weird gestures, which is supposed to hypnotize me, but it doesn't work. I pretend to be under her control and she demands to know where they went. I point towards another house and she takes off. I am running towards home when she screams, realizing she had been tricked. I can feel her chasing after me. I can't run fast enough. I can feel her nails graze my shirt and it's always here when I wake up. Spooky. That's not fun. The getting chased and not being able to run fast enough. That's worst worst feeling ever in a dream. Yeah. Those are. Yep. I like the uh fake hyp- hypnotism. I like the fat witch being run over by a lawnmower. I like the skull hitting the skull. <laughs> there you go. With some all coming out. Yeah, it was a very interesting visual this entire dream. It was a lot of visuals. Yeah. That's true. And the bikes. Yeah. Bikes. What was the first thing that she saw the neighbors making the bike with a... It was like a, hel- a giant helicopter bike thing. Totally what I would do in a dream. And you wouldn't think twice of it. You'd be like, yeah, totally normal. Right. Yeah. It's my helicopter bike. Don't worry about it. The first time somebody came riding in on a bike, I was thinking Wicked, the w- Wicked Witch of the... What is it? East? The West. Or Which the one west. was the bad one? The West, right? 
don't yeah. know. I can't remember. There was one that rode on a bike, though. Yeah. I forgot about it till you said it, and yeah. then I saw it. Yeah. She melted later. Wicked Witch of the West, I'm pretty sure, was the bad one. But that movie came out when I was, like, negative 80, so who knows? Very Honestly. True. Who knows? What do you think about that one, Mom? Well, what's standing out to you on that one? It's weird. Yeah. Look, I'm not the I'm I'm not the dream expert here. I don't, you know, I don't very busy. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. What I really like about it is that um she wasn't intimidated. She wanted to she wanted to tackle those things head on. And she was like, Mom, don't do it, you know. And then in the dream she she hides out, but she's her she's brave through the whole thing except for at the end when she takes off running. So I think what the dream really shows about the dreamer is that she's brave, that she recognizes the good versus evil. And what's interesting is you mentioned school at the beginning, right? Oh, that's where she was. That was the other dream. Yeah. But this one, she was every time she was going to go back to school. And then in this one, she was going to get the new brain at the beginning, right? School brain. No, the school brain was the end of the first dream. She was saying I would have this dream every time I was about to go back to school and I would be my family and I would go to my uncle's house. We'd be led upstairs and then there'd be a surgery room and they would tell me it's time to put my school brain in. And so she would black out. And when she came to, she had like stitches and everything. And sometimes they forgot to put the top of her head back. and She'd have to go to school like that. So that was a separate dream from the witch one. Okay. Someone needs to investigate that uncle because there's missing time. And blacking out, it's never a good thing. Unless you're in a surgery room, which is what you actually hope for. Yeah, but your uncle shouldn't have a surgery room upstairs or whatever yeah. at his house. Well, in, in reality, it was, I think they mentioned that it was just, there's enough space to put some boxes. But in the dream, there was a big surgery room. I'm just saying there might, there feels like there's something repressed there. Or am wow. I just being a therapist too much? Well, fake no one, fair, yeah, I was therapist. like, no one's ever, you know, once accused you of that for sure. But yeah, so two, two separate dreams there. Okay, yeah. So with her school brain, one, there is that sense that that she felt like she was being programmed when she went to school, that she was losing her freedom. And Mm -hmm. you think about it as a kid, when you have summer off, you're just, you're free to do whatever you want. And then when it's time to go back to school, you're like, "Ah, Mm I can't do what I want anymore. I have to think the way they want me to think. And so just in that general thing that, that she wants to keep her creativity and freedom and not be corralled into a having to think a certain way. The second dream with the witches is what I like about it is that she's not intimidated by things that are so-called scary Hmm. and that she she faces them head on, that she wants to help other people get away from those things, so to speak. I was thinking after the school dream that I used to have a dream as a kid, like before I was schooled through the home, I would go to school through the school. And I I feel like I had a dream a lot where I'd, I'd be like just standing at like RPU, which is an elementary school in California City. And I would at the the playground or whatever and just hanging out. And then like as I'm walking into class, I'd like remember that I'm just completely naked. And I'm like, wow, oh no, this is horrible timing. Nobody seemed to really notice so much, but me and I was just sitting there the whole time, like at some point they're gonna notice, at some point they're gonna notice. And then I'd wake up and I'm like, well, I really hope I don't forget to put my pants on when I go to school. I've but, never had a dream like that. Well, that's a really common dream. Being that's naked. what I hear because yeah. like, the naked thing is like. Yeah, being naked in dreams is extremely common. And, and it basically means that you're feeling vulnerable, you're feeling exposed. And you think about that at school that that there are just different times where you just feel like everyone's looking at you, which isn't true because everyone thinks that everyone's looking at them. So they're actually just paying attention to themselves. But in a dream, you do just feel exposed that you go to school and and you could have it could have been during times where you were 
worried about the teacher calling on you or, you know, different things like yeah. that. All the different fears that we have when we're in a classroom or at school. But, but being naked is a very common dream. You guys have much more negative views on schools than I do. Like when she was putting in her, what, school brain? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's just time to start being smart again after being lazy all summer. That is the layman's interpretation. (laughs) I just like to. No, and I think think that that would be an awesome interpretation. But with the way she was viewing school, that having this every time, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like this positive experience for her. If it was positive and she was excited, then then that would be absolutely, yeah. I was always in exci- the vein of it. excited for like the first week. Nobody and then after that, is, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Literally nobody is surprised by that, Christian. And then after that, it was like, now, now I have that same experience every day in life. Like school is your first time starting to adult at a child level. Oh. That's not and fun. Like I said, the first week I was excited seeing my friends again and all that stuff after yeah. that. It's boring. It is. That is very accurate. Yeah, I was wondering with the with her dreams if she had like some ex- because she tied those two dreams together hmm. or shared them both. I was just wondering if when she went to school that she had some teachers that were a little rough and scary. One was tall and thin, one was short and fat, and the other was not rememberable at all. Yeah. I thought that part was like uh the Goldilocks yeah. which is yeah the three 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 bears or whatever and almost I, exactly is it, that Goldilocks mm-hmm. yeah and I was thinking too that when she's running away um, because of all the other elements in the dream that she where she faced her fear I wonder if because she said it was reoccurring if in the dream if she would have turned around and faced the chasing you know like that reminds me of a part of that dream where she went to help the whatever the kids or people mm. that were going to go after the witches and they kind of turned her away and after that is when being more timid came into the picture like once the people she wanted to help rejected her maybe she got scared then or mm. started to doubt herself yeah. yeah yeah some real rudolph energy coming in hot yeah what? valentino no the reindeer but yeah <laughs> i get it i think those are the only two I'll, I'll come back in near the end but if you want to get started on some of yours i'll hand it over to you all right the first one is kind of a funny story because I walked into work the other day and the first thing one of my friends there told me, Michaela, she's like, I had this crazy dream. And she told me about it. And I'm like, we're getting ready to do a dream episode. Do you want to write it down and, and let us read it? And she wrote it down, gave it to me within a couple hours. That's so cool. Yeah, it's popping. It is popping. She also is a is a big fan of us. So thank you for all your help, Michaela. Thank you. And called the alternate reality. I could get on board with that. I woke up in an alternate reality. When I went outside, I realized something was off about this world. Sorry, I misspelled a word there and had to interpret my own writing. Wow. I had this heavy feeling like something was off. My physical appearance was significantly smaller, almost dwarf-like. The landscape was rolling fields of large flowers and plants. I saw a boar in the distance and tried to hide under a leaf. The boar approached me. In a normal woman's voice, I heard, I saw you, and I'm going to make sure the whole area knows you're here now. In a panic, I ran back to my dwelling, which resembled a single wide trailer. For some reason, I believed nothing could reach me when inside. A few minutes later, I heard a knock at the door. I opened reluctantly reluctantly to see a a large shadow figure. You're not welcome here, I shouted. 
as I shut the door in its face. I turned to leave the entryway and found the shadow figure standing directly in front of me. I knew it needed to leave, but I didn't know how to make it leave. Then for some reason, I reached out and hugged it. I whispered in what would be its ear, you can't hurt anyone anymore, and squeezed it tighter. In an instant, it vanished. I broke down crying. A second later, another knock at the door. I didn't open it. Instead, it opened on its own. The boar lady rushed in and hugged me and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't think they would find you. Then I woke up. That's a pretty wild ride. Yeah. The only thing would have made it, made it wild wilder was to hop on the boar. Crash Bandicoot style. <laughs> or forest person <laughs> style. My cousin rode a pig on my grandma's farm and that was hilarious. I bet. Yeah. It sounds pretty wild. Yeah. Pigs can run faster than you think. And it is pretty hysterical. He lasted for a while. I don't know if I'd be laughing riding a boar though. Those things are mean. Yeah. That's I don't think true. my cousin was laughing, but the rest of us were because it was pretty hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> so this is an awesome dream. It just reveals like a new area that she's entering into. Um, something's coming new in her world, but it feels overwhelming. It's kind of big. She's not really sure how to handle it. And it's interesting because the dream reveals that she has mixed emotions. She kind of wants to be seen, but she kind of wants to stay hidden. And you think about it when we go into new places, sometimes we like just to hang out and watch things for a while and kind of be hidden. And she's in this dream, it shows that she's kind of has that feeling. She wants to be seen, but then she wants to be hidden. And there's a lot of really cool things that I like, too, is that she realizes in the dream as she faces her fear. You know, this is another one of facing her fears about. Sorry, I think I moved over. My anxiety slowly peaking. Uh, the more you look over at Christian, I'm like, stop looking over there. OK, OK. <laughs> So I'll look this way um, as she faces her fears, like in the other dreams, there is an overcoming thing that happens. And one of the there's a verse in the Bible that says perfect love casts out fear. So when she's looking at that shadow figure and she is trying to figure out how to make it go away, that it's that when she reaches out and hugs, it's that perfect love. When she responds in that perfect love, it disappears. It loses its power and goes away, which is really cool. The other thing that stood out to me, and I don't know why, so I'm just going to throw this out. Um, Christian had given me this dream yesterday or the day before, so I was mm -hmm. reading it. And so I'll just share and she can look it up and see if it means anything to her. But the verses out of Revelation, it's 3, verse 7 through 13, that Michaela, if you'd like to look up, and see how that fits or speaks to you. That's just, I'm just going to throw that out there. I won't speak any more on it because I'm not reading it right now. I just wrote it down. But if it's Revelation, it's probably terrifying in some way, shape, or form. No, no it's actually really good. It, it's, it's kind of talking about her standing up, facing some things, and being rewarded for it. Mm, um, yes, of course, church magic. <laughs> perfect. I get, throw, I get to throw some in every now and then. So... Again, it's another dream where she finds out that as she faces her fear and faces that, you know, in this new situation that's being. So it could be like, is she new at work or has she been there a while? She's been there a while. So it could be another area of her life or something that's kind of a new place in her world that she's going into where as she just kind of faces her fear and faces anything that feels intimidating, that it loses its power. And the other thing that kept coming back to me is about the boar. Sometimes dreams have a play on words. So it could be a boar, someone that's boring. And it could be a, <clears throat> a person that is a bore. You would kind of describe them that way, but has authority or something. And that, and is coming to at her mm -hmm. and 
you know, telling, you know, intimidating her. But then at the end of the dream, because she faces the fear, faces this person head on, that they change their attitude towards her. Hmm. Interesting. It's going to be interesting to talk to her after she listens. Yeah. And see what, I mean, because just some of the stories she tells me, I could see some of, some, some of the meaning in, in this one. And especially if it's like news stuff or just... I don't want to, I don't want to put words into her mouth. So we'll go ahead and do mm -hmm. it. Who, she's not here. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> well, what stood out to you about her dream? Either of you? Me? Oh, I, it's very strange. Yeah. Boar lady. I, I think the boar part is fascinating, but that may be because I read a lot of uh, myth and, and stuff like that. And then there's a lot of boars are around a lot in that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're not always a, a good thing. Sometimes I think they're how fairies get around and stuff like that in the in the stories we yeah. had uh at one point we had a youtube video that was it was actually one of my favorites it was this couple goes to dinner with like a cousin or something like that and the cousin brings his girlfriend and while they're at dinner or whatever apparently the the cousin's girlfriend's talking about how she's a like a witch and she uses witchcraft to get what she wants and this and that and blah blah, blah. the lady was terrified or whatever and then the the husband or whatever was just like yeah okay whatever and they, when they go home that night, apparently, like, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees all these eyes, like, around the room staring at him, like, blinking at him, like a, you know, Scooby-Doo episode or something. And so he's like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave. He goes out to the kitchen and he sees this giant nine-foot boar man demon thing walked out, like, across the, the room or something like that. And, and so it was, like, immediately after this dinner with a self-proclaimed witch that, that he probably didn't believe at all. And then he sees this thing, boar, boar people. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound good. R.I.P. Robert Baratheon. Sure. Whoever that is. He was the king of the seven realms until a boar took him out. Is that a Game of Thrones reference? Yes, it is. Wow. I cannot believe that it, we've gone like two years without a Game of Thrones reference and <laughs> coming back in hot. Yeah. And you think in the Bible and going back in the first dream episode, hmm. Scott introduced me as I am a biblical dream interpreter. Yeah. I base most of my interpretations or all of them through biblical dream interpretation lens. So just to true. say that, so that's, that is why I go back to those references. And then of course, in the Bible that boars, pigs are unclean, but they can also represent, um, tasty food. <laughs> yeah. No bacon. Yes, mm. it does speak to us. Um, but it can be just people that are kind of staunch controlling in that, in that aspect. So, for her, she, if it, I, I love how the dream comes out as a, it would be interesting to talk to her to find out who in her life, you know, this poor lady represents because it does feel like it represents a person. Hmm. Um, that would be interesting to be continued then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, Michaela, you may think about who it represents. And it doesn't mean you have to tell them. Yeah, you don't have to approach them and be like, you're a bore in my life. Yeah, you're controlling and I'm going to face hmm. you and I'm going to. I'm going to hug you, damn it. No, no, she hugged the shot. No, the boar lady came back and hugged her. That's... The boar lady we thought was a bad guy. And in the end, the boar lady's like, I'm so sorry. Mm. And you're like, okay, maybe the boar lady wasn't as evil as I thought she was. Definitely. Or by through Michaela facing her and standing up to her, she it's almost like standing up to a bully, you mm -hmm. know, the boar bully. A bully boar. A bully boar. Just saying that makes it lose its power. You're just a bully board. All right, Christian, what else you got? Next one is called Fever Dream. Oh, those are the best. I've come to know these types of dreams as fever dreams. As best described by Alex Garland in The Coma. 
I would have them a few times as a child and a lot less frequently as an adult. I often find that if I'm thinking intently about them while on my own, I can almost slip back into the sensation while conscious. Anyway, they normally come in the form of a gigantic screen, infinitely huge, filling the sky and stretching into the clouds. The light was fiercely bright white and painful to look at. It was nauseating. I've never known something so tangible and actually painful in a dream. Around me were shadowy figurants, faceless and faint, as you often experience other people in dreams, and I couldn't focus on them. I was only aware of them in my periphery. Every now and then, huge deafening klaxons would sound and the screen would flash with a seemingly, seemingly arbitrary number, and the figures around me would frantically scramble to work. We were knee-deep in tiny razor-sharp twigs and had to dig through them to find the right one, or an amount that corresponded to the voiceless, unintelligible demands on the screen. I never knew quite what I was supposed to do except to wait aimlessly, being torn to shreds, my fingers fumbling at these impossibly thin and pointless little twigs. But at the same time, I had the sense that these twigs symbolized everything. I was feeling infinity and the universe slipped between my fingers and I was un unable to hang on to it or extract any meaning or purpose from it. I, I would wake up drenched in sweat, bundled and constricted by my bedding and stumble downstairs in a fever, screaming and speaking gibberish to my parents. I guess that's the end of the dream. So is she saying that she had these nightmares when she was sick? And had a fever that's what it sounds like but it also sounds like it's a normal occurrence so maybe she just overheats when she's having vivid dreams okay because that happens to me when i have a really vivid dream mm -hmm. it's like it's so like so hot in the room all of a sudden read the part about when she woke up and her, was her bedding constricting her was she feeling i would wake up drenched in sweat bundled and constricted by my bedding mm. so so that could have played a part is that those are called like body dreams. Like if if you have a, a dream that you're, you know, pulling this dead weight and you wake up and your dog's laying on your hmm. leg and it's asleep. Those are called body dreams. And so it sounds like it could have come out of of her being constricted in her in her bedding where she was feeling, you know, these struggles and the it could have even constricted her where she was, you know, parts of her body were like falling asleep and you get that needle kind of right. sharp feeling. Hmm. Um, and so that could have come into her dream and she was feeling that as well. But it also could tie into as a she said she had these when she was a child. Is that correct? That's what it sounds like. She didn't really mention a date, but it sounds like it. Yeah. Where the world was kind of overwhelming and and the, the people around her were kind of unclear, but everything just seemed kind of overwhelming to her and the demanding where she had to do things. And she wasn't it wasn't really clear the environment she grew up in. It couldn't. It might have been where it wasn't really clear what she needed to do. So she, as a child, is trying to do whatever she can to please her parents or the authority figures in her life. And it's not working. And so there's kind of that despair, kind of that frustration coming out of it. And so with a dream like this, ideally to be able to share it with her parents or, you know, and if it wasn't her parents, then her parents might have recognized someone in her life that was that the dreams were kind of pointing to that was um, making her feel overwhelmed or, you know, I mean, that could go back to school, too, where she could have had a teacher that was demanding that she didn't really know how to please or get things right and just needed more understanding. Hmm. So, Would you think of 
the gigantic screens that were infinitely huge stretching into the clouds. That spoke to me um, about the overwhelming, what was overwhelming. She couldn't take it all in. It was too big for her to take in as a child, too big for her to understand. That makes sense, especially because she said it was kind of painful because of how bright it was. I imagine at that size it would be, yeah. What about the job, the little twigs that they have to pick up being controlled by Big Brother, razor-thin twigs? cutting and shredding the, the person up as they're having to do this. I feel like I'm watching like a one of those movies. It's like a Black Mirror episode. That doesn't sound fun at all. Well, that's where, and maybe I misunderstood it, but that's where I thought she was getting, and that's where I was wondering if the sheets were like cutting off her circulation in real life and causing like those needle pain, mm. you know, the needle sharpness, yeah. and that into her dream, it was, that's how it transpired, is to feel that, mm. that that's what it, it looked I've, like. I've had a dream like that where I was, out swimming in the ocean and a shark bit off my arm and I woke up and my arm was underneath me and asleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. Those are, it's funny though, isn't it? When you wake up, you realize, oh, that's a body dream. Yeah. Mm. It was funny until like a couple years later, I went to Hawaii and went to go snorkel on a beach and snark, shark attacks have happened here was the sign on the beach. Yeah. Like, well, hopefully it wasn't a premonition I had. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stay on the beach. Thank you very much. Yeah, that is not fun. I couldn't. I had to go out there. I had to fight my fears. Face your fears. Yeah. It was pretty scary. You're right to party. All right. Ready for the next one? Yes. Yes. This one's a small one. I was about to tell you to give me a nice little short one. Yeah. So I could close out on a listener story. This one is Dying in Another's Dream. Is this old skin by any chance? Is there mention of old skin? No. Okay, good. I, it's I had one that I didn't share that was uh, similar to that. Yeah, it's from Azurity. Azurity, I, I don't know. Bjority, C Shorty, why not? Sing along with Birdie. There you go. And we're back. <laughs> no. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> I wonder what she would think if she got a shout out. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, this weird new children's singer is uh, suddenly on a ghost show. But she looks like the type that might actually come on the show, you know? Yeah. She got that kind of weird hippie vibe. You know? She does. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Not my dream, but my girlfriend's. She was having a wonderful day with me, but then all of, then I suddenly got sick. So we're in the dream. Okay. And she's having a wonderful day and they suddenly got sick. Like terminally ill and bedridden. Too weak to move, too sick to laugh, too much pain to even respond to her. She was trying to feed me blueberries and I couldn't even manage that. I couldn't chew or swallow, but I was still alive. And it felt like it went on for weeks. Nobody knew what it was. I wasn't getting any better and no one could help me, especially her. I couldn't even eat blueberries. They would just fall out of my mouth when she fed them to me. She knew I was in so much pain, but she was powerless. She woke up so incredibly sad that it took an hour to comfort her and assure her that we're perfectly healthy and something like that couldn't happen to us. Challenging the universe right there. Mm. Needless to say, I was so shaken about thinking like something like that. It was a genuine nightmare. I think she hasn't eaten blueberries in a long time because it reminds her of the dream. That's an unhealthy relationship and they need to break it off. <laughs> they did, I didn't hear anything about an unhealthy relationship. In they were having fun and then suddenly dude's just like dying or she was dying. Maybe uh, we who need was dying. Maybe, was it? Maybe we need to let the person that's interpreting dreams interpret. Though dreams. the person couldn't help at all. Well, I was like, I'm trying to heal you. Have some blueberries, and my body rejected everything. Blueberries, superfood. Exactly. So if the person can't even get healed with blueberries and the love of a spouse or whatever, then 
and they're going to die in the future. Or the, yeah, the very near future from the sounds of it. This was a friend, right? Girlfriend. Girlfriend's dream. A girlfriend's dream. Hmm. Okay. She didn't end up by dying, right? She was just really sick? Or did she end up by dying at the end? The girlfriend was dreamt that this person that wrote the story was dying. So she was dying. So death in dreams does not have to be a scary, you know, true death. It can just mean something's coming to an end. What if you can't eat blueberries? Oh, that That's is well, scary. You're actually dying. Yeah. No. That is very sad. And that it is sad that she wasn't able to eat blueberries even after having the dream. So that is a impactful. That shows you the power of dreams when it impacts your ability to eat blueberries. If this person was so worried about their partner having a terminal illness, maybe the partner should be like, oh, she cares about me. No. Or is it darker than that? No, you are flipping it, huh? Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is it could be the person could have been going through a hard time and talking a lot about their past or different struggles uh, that kept coming up. And so in so when it shows up in the dream, it's revealing that 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 person is um, and it could have been that person feeling something in the relationship that they thought everything was going great, but they can kind of feel that person pulling away from them, you know, and so they take it and process it like the person's dying, which could represent that relationship is coming to an end with them. I feel like I said that at the beginning with harsher words. But nobody wants harsh words. You only talked about blueberries. No, I'm pretty sure I said it's a bad relationship. Is that unhealthy relationship? Yes. Sure. Unhealthy, bad, toxic. You guys are like really negative. Maybe she just loves this person and doesn't want to lose them. And that was one of her fears. So she had a bad dream. But it may be a little on the edge of giving too much in an unhealthy way that Uh they thought that they thought or, you know, going an extra mile about being pleasing or, you know. And so it just the dream can reveal to bring it back more into a, a healthy and the blueberries can just be like you talked about a superfood. Going to make you feel better because you're sick. Mm-hmm. In um, blue, the color blue can represent like revelation. And so the the blueberries could represent that in this relationship, the dreamer is trying to give their friend encouragement, good food, so to speak, to chew on. But the dreamer's just staying in a place of the past and keeps talking about things mm-hmm. over and over in the past. And the dreamer keeps and, and not receiving any of the encouragement or help that the dreamer's trying to give. Thank you. I have it. This par- this person that's dying is an alcoholic, and that's the terminal ir- illness that this person's thinking of. You're slowly killing yourself. I'm just making crap up. Mm-hmm. No, but it, it sure does sound that way. I yeah. mean, yeah, it could be whether it's alcohol or something that's unhealthy, and the dreamer really wants to help, keeps trying to help, but it's not being received. That's the blueberries being spit out, mm-hmm. and the blueberries representing encouragement or good things, healthy things, and the and so that's that is a heads up for the dreamer to say, like Scott said, you know, you can keep trying to give your input or keep trying to be helpful, but if it's not received, that's a heads up to hit the bricks. I'm tired of your cosplay; it's killing you in our relationship, lever. Yeah. Do your cosplay. It's hard, though, and you're, yeah, relationships are hard. You Sounds like this person really is giving it their all. And by giving it their all, it's blueberries. What if the reason she dreamt that this person's dying slowly is she is poisoning him? Munchausen's syndrome, slowly poisoning his food, and he's slowly getting sick. Well, she's feeling guilty about it and dreaming it. Mm, with blueberries? Yeah. But the person knows, so they keep spitting the blueberries yeah. out? Per- 
poison blueberries. We have our new uh, true crime. Wow. That's um, a whole different direction. But yeah, that yeah. would take a lot of work, you know, infusing those little blueberries with, would you soak them? Would you infuse them? <laughs> yeah. So with now that everyone's got their crime fix for whatever reason, um, this is, we'll probably close out on this story after discussion on it and whatnot, but this is from one of our listeners, Charlotte. If I'm going to say Charlotte, if it's wrong, then we will redo this entire episode for you. Scott uh, will apologize prof profusely on social media one day. Yeah. And Christian will just respond. Thanks with a period or something like that. Um, yep. so anyway, this is from, from Charlotte who sent to us and she said, uh, hi, how you guys doing? Fantastic. Hope all is well. I'm probably too late now to turn in a couple of my dreams that involve Sasquatch, but here they are anyways. I do believe strongly that it is only ourselves that can interpret our own dreams as we all experience the world individually and we interpret things differently. What one thing means to one person will vary slightly or be completely opposite to someone else. Nonetheless, it is very thought-provoking to get a different perspective and I'm always open to that. Feel free to share it if it's interesting enough. And that is exactly what I'm doing right now. It goes, this dream was about a year ago. I was staying at a hotel and for some reason, a bunch of journalists were waiting outside to bombard me. I had three bodyguards, but they weren't human. They were Bigfoot. They were tall and slender and wearing nice navy blue suits. I don't remember them wearing shoes though. That part is a bit vague. Their hair was nicely trimmed, I guess like a crew cut. They were also wearing sunglasses to top it all off. These Bigfoot bodyguards were swanky and professional. They had moved me to the employee-only entrance of the hotel in order to evade the horde out front. They had the little earpiece with a mic and were murmuring back and forth to each other, checking to see if the coast was clear before taking me to the car that was waiting for me in the back. Then they surrounded me and we were out the door, moving pretty quick. For some reason, they were really close to me. All three were invading my personal space. They weren't taking long strides either, almost walking stiff-legged as they walked. They were doing it fast and with ease and thankfully not stepping on me. The intensity of the situation and the fact that I had Bigfoot escorting me to and from is what woke me up before we could get to the car. I thought this was a pretty cool dream and who else would be better at being a bodyguard and escort than a team of Bigfoot. This dream happened about 10 years ago and it repeated a couple times. So this is the next dream. I was to meet with a few of these Bigfoot on a hiking trail. I was near the Rocky Mountains. I'm from Alberta, by the way, and it was an abnormally gorgeous morning with the bright sun shining to my back. The colors of nature were extremely vivid. The Sasquatch were coming out of the mountains, which was a bit cloudy and foggy further away in. I couldn't quite see them yet, but I knew they were there. There was some kind of mind speak going on. I can hear one audibly wailing really loud. It was long and drawn out and echoed off the mountain valley. That part made it sound a bit haunting. I can see them coming around a bend on the trail, coming around a bend on the trail now, but they're still a really good distance away. I got afraid after this and turned around and got out of there. Something inside me told me that there was danger and we were never to have anything to do with them. I woke up shortly after this, not sure exactly why I was afraid. There was something telling me to get away, but that could easily be due to the fear of coming face to face with the unknown. That emotion can warp our perception easily. I've seen people shake in fear while seeing what they thought was a UFO when it was the cloud cover breaking up the beam <laughs> of a spotlight that was racing back and forth in a pattern. <laughs> well, that's all for now. 
I do have another one I will share later that involves a possible past life. I wasn't anyone special in that dream, so you're not going to read that I'm Cleopatra or anything like that. However, it is kind of scary and sad. Anyways, take care. I love the show and wish you guys seem and wish you guys even more success for the podcast. Scott is way better than Christian. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that last part was definitely her too. So <sighs> I definitely want to hear the past life dream. So yeah, that's very send that in because we may need to do another episode on that soon. There you go. So Bigfoot. Yeah, what do you, what do you think about Bigfoot dreams? Here's, oh, wow. a, here's might be a, a novel or a new interpretation or a new character in one of the dreams you have to interpret. Oh, absolutely. But I just thought the dream was hysterical. The the, the way darts. she described, I just thought we need an artist rendering of that with the crew yeah. cut and the sunglasses. And yeah. the, what is what's so awesome about the dream is what's interesting is that it can be a play on words again, the Sasquatch, but Bigfoot. Hmm. Well, feed in the Bible can represent peace, the gospel of peace. And so here she is surrounded. And so it sounds like and. This is for the dreamer to go back in that time period to see what was going on. But it could have been she was in a place, a kind of a temporary place where she was being faced with something, um, maybe a new job interview or something going on in her life, something that was new or kind of overwhelming. And here are three big foot that are surrounding her. So mm. she's being surrounded with peace. The blue can represent just the the understanding that, that she doesn't have to worry about not knowing what to do, that she's going to receive the insight she needs for the situation. She's being surrounded with peace and escorted by peace mm. in the situation. And the, so that kind of explains what, what her feeling in the dream of feeling good and, and secure and taken care of, watched over. But um, yeah, I think definitely you've got some listeners out there that are artists i think there should be a competition about i i have wanted because a lot of like shows have really good artists that listen to them and they'll just like make like fan art i'm waiting for the time when someone comes out of the woodwork and is like hey i just painted you guys fighting a bigfoot in the wild Mm-hmm. or whatever and i'm just gonna frame the crap out of that and put it right up in the, in the studio somewhere when i think of this dream i get the image of lady gaga at the oscars <laughs> wow. with her bigfoot bodyguards <laughs> there you go you know what's really the, i think the hilarious part was the way they're moving because she said they oh, weren't taking yeah. strides but like i picture like the twinkle toes kind of <laughs> like like they're all just standing there and their toes are just moving them along quickly like something in a bugs bunny cartoon yeah yeah i was thinking like tom and jerry or something but pretty much the exact same thing i watched one after the other back in the day there you go. Yeah, you could totally turn it into a series. This mm. you definitely need a contest and give some prizes. Just we just still have a, a suggestion. fan pack to give away and sticker pack. So yeah, maybe we'll do like a fan art thing. We'll have all six of our listeners send in something. Just sketch it on post it. It's fine. What yeah. was going on? Like the second dream again, so, Alberta. Yeah. Flames or oilers. We want to know. And neither <laughs> is preferable. She was on a, a trail. I was to meet with a few of these Bigfoot on a hiking trail. I was near the Rocky Mountains, and it was an abnormally gorgeous morning with the bright sun shining to my back. Colors were vivid. Sasquatch were coming out of the mountains, which was a bit cloudy and foggy. Uh, She couldn't see them, but then knew, like, they were there. she couldn't see them. Some kind of mind speak going on. A long, drawn-out echo off the mountain valley when they were wailing. She said, I can see them coming around a bend on the trail but they're still a really good distance away. I got afraid after this and turned around and got out of there. Something inside me told me there was danger and we were never to have anything to do with them. So, Which, that part's fascinating to me because that's, there's First Nation stories about not interacting with Sasquatch, mm-hmm. staying away from them, 
and them staying away from you. But Mm -hmm. back in the day, they could supposedly communicate with each other. And it would have been in this of North America that a lot of those stories come from. Yeah. Mind speak is always very interesting to me when, and I know this is a dream, but even like regular, like what's his name, Les Stroud and stuff like that with his weird encounter with the mind speak. And well, let me like, she's dreaming about Sasquatch. Has she seen Sasquatch? Is that why? Or is Sasquatch just coming to you in the dreams? Yes. Or maybe it's calling. Maybe you have to go out to the woods and encounter. Maybe it's almost sounds like with the vividness of that dream and the hiking and Mm -hmm. She has been out there in the middle of nowhere and maybe had maybe. some communication with some Sasquatch. Perhaps. Yeah, definitely heard the stories out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about the different um, sayings that mountains can represent. Like you can have a mountaintop experience or you can make a um, mountain out of a molehill. So in this one, it seems like it's on the the context seems more like in a, a negative sense or a, a situation more negative that she's looking at. And so with this seeing the mountain that she she's choosing in the dream, something's come up in life where she's choosing, you know what, I'm not going to cross that mountain. I'm going to, it's not good. I'm going to turn around and go the other way. But for the dreamer, it's also a challenge that if it's a, sometimes we can be overwhelmed by the opportunities to, you know, it feels like a mountain you know, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's in the scripture, if she believes in God, then the mountain can represent the mountain of God. In the mm-hmm. Bible, there's several mountains that represents the mountain of God, the, the um, mountaintop experience with God. And so it could be a challenge to go there. And she could be feeling like, no, I don't want to go there. That's a, There's too many unknown things that I don't mm-hmm. want to explore. And so it could be an opportunity being presented to her and challenging her to go that direction. She's saying no. So there's a, there's a few, you know. And what if she does not believe in God? Is there a, an, an alternative hell. to that? Hell. Wow. She's going to hell. Wow. That's cool. harsh coming from you, yeah. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and Christian just wants some company when he's down there. But <laughs> I forgot what your question was. Also, I'll be quiet. Yeah. What was your question? Well, it wasn't for you. So I know. That... Well, God can God can speak to us in our dreams. Sure. So it could still yeah. be that challenge of, you know, mm. here, take a closer look, take a look again, ask God that. You know, that whole Pascal's question. I should have looked that up. That's going to bother me. I'm going to have to look it up. So anyway, it could be that challenge to her of, you know, there's a mountaintop experience waiting for you. Are you going to choose to go down that trail, you know? And really, you know, it's an invitation. The whole Christian experience is an invitation from God. He's not going to force it on us, but he will reveal himself to us if we pursue him or even extend, even open the door and say, show me, you know, I want to know if this is true. Like she was going to meet the Bigfoot. Yeah. And then she changed her mind. Mm -hmm. Like when she saw him. So that is kind of. Well, you think about it in your mind, you can want to do something and then the reality of it is much bigger than what you were thinking or, mm-hmm. you know, you get more details. You're like, uh, maybe not. That's kind of challenging for all of us, isn't it? Like you said, the mm-hmm. those opportunities to face them and take, you know, one step at a time to yeah. to meet them because they're opportunities. They're going to lead us to bigger and better things and to stay comfortable, but stay in that place of as we're, uh, when this, by the time this comes out, it should hopefully be over. And if not, then oopsie. Um, but for the last, whatever I've been, you know, doing or rebranding Tony's entire podcast and all that. And that was like the biggest project I've ever taken on in my life. And I've been doing design work for half of my life. So 
between that and the website and everything like that, like I was stressed out and entirely and I still am because it's not technically done yet, but hopefully it is by the time this comes out. I've never seen you stressed before. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, you know, usually keep it under a bushel basket, but here we are. Totally Daria. Yeah. But I did want to thank, thank Charlotte or if, it, and if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I do apologize. I don't need to write you an email apologizing. If it's Charlotte or Charlotte or Charlotte. Tell us what it is and we'll make, sure, we'll make it right. Yeah, I'm assuming it's, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to record the name and then I also, go back I'll, in time. I'll and, do a shout out. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And if you haven't seen one of Christian's shout outs, they are milk toast at best. So I would not recommend, <laughs> I would not recommend getting on board with that, but it's fine. Honestly, you know, we do our best here. And if anything, it makes it more authentic if I mispronounce people's names as is tradition on this show. So. With that being said, I believe we are pretty much done. Do you have anything to, to close out? Do you have any? I just want to thank the dreamers for sending in their dreams. It was, it's always, it's always amazing to enter other people's dreams. And I really enjoyed the Bigfoot, the, yeah. that was, the that description. Was yeah, yeah. Michaela's dream starting us off. All the dreams were really good. And I appreciate yeah. the dreamers sending it in and appreciate you having me on. I love dreams and mm-hmm. love to talk about them. And yeah. I mean, in the future, if, like I said, you're going to be out here, you know, at least four or five more times this year. <laughs> so, you know, in the, uh, we could always do like themed episodes and stuff. If you want like past life or weird, like shit like that. We could probably dig something up, you know, I, I want to do one on strictly nightmares because I feel like that would be super cool and fun. Mm-hmm. And I could also work that with the show we have on YouTube. So it would work out for me. And your boy is always looking to expand. I'm going to try to have some nightmares for us. Thank you. That's all I ask, Christian. Just once in your life. Just have once. some nightmares. Doesn't yeah. happen. It just doesn't happen. Drink some NyQuil before you go to bed. I've, yeah, I used... let's not recommend that to everyone. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, get your scissor going. Get your Sprite. No. I don't recommend NyQuil dreams, dreams to anyone either. They're pretty. Yeah. Melatonin. Yeah. Those are the kooky dreams. Those are the kooky dreams. Yeah, that is true. So anyway, uh, Mom, thanks for, for coming on. You're welcome. Um, Loved it. Christian, thanks for being here again. My as, pleasure. As always, you are, you know, the light of this podcast and people can't get enough of you and your skepticism. Except for that one guy. Except <laughs> for that one guy on YouTube. I feel like we should read that comment sometime. Oh, I saved it. Okay. okay. It's going to be on the us reading people talk shit about us. Okay. Don't worry. Good. Yeah. It's a real treat. And I'm just glad it was about you. Damn. It's, usually, too. it's I, usually about me. People are usually like, this fat fuck. And I'm like, Jesus, man, can I? The Leo and me enjoyed the attention. All I saw was smug dork. And I was like, I was like, oh no, that could go either way. And then I clicked the rest. I'm like, yes, it's Christian. Yes, it's not me this time. I'm not a smug dork. Well, I am, but that's beside the point. You're not here for that. In the meantime, uh, we will see you right back here next week on the Frankity Dinkity. You guys know where to send your stories and where to follow us on socials and where to review the show where you should be doing that in about 30 seconds when this wraps up. Because honestly, we need more reviews, and you guys are the people that do that. We can't give ourselves reviews because that's apparently frowned upon. Uh, okay. Don't be a bully boar. Yeah, don't be a, a bully boar. Ride the boar. Wow. That could go either way. Let's get out of here before <laughs> we discover which direction it goes. Goodbye.
but it's is it spelled C H A R O L O T T E? Would that still be Charlotte, or would that I be? Didn't, didn't see it here in Ellen. There, there could have been a yeah. There could have been a misspelling. Charlotte. Yeah, I would drop the that O. No, after. but this is like their actual email. Oh, okay. Too. So it's like Charlotte, or it could be Char O Lot for last name. I don't know. Yeah. What are, you, what are you trying to do? Read the name or? Yeah, because it's from the person. So they didn't sign it. Yeah. No, they signed it, but it's they didn't like leave me a voice message on how to pronounce it. it I would me, say it Charlotte. Like, yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm fig- figuring too. But there's like an extra O in there, so I'm like Charlotte. Wait. Yeah, that should still be Charlotte. It's probably just the only one that they had. Somebody probably already had the other one. No, name. this is the, an email that we're getting. This is like an right. actual. But mm-hmm. if she sent an email and that was her name, mm-hmm. th- this is how she signed it: was Char a lot. Like this well, is just her God given birth name. Just say Char a lot. <laughs> that just sounds put even an worse. That sounds so much worse. Charlotte. She's gonna be like, "Wow, couldn't even pronounce Charlotte." Yeah, <laughs> make a joke about it. I think this entire thing has been a, a joke about it. But 